We are to live, to laugh, to love. We are to learn together. Seven eight three eight. Overcoming loneliness, part one. Thank you for joining, brothers of the word, because brother, you need the word. Well, we welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or Facebook Live. Delighted to have you. Always a wonderful joy to have you to tune in and join us. Well, we'd like to share just a little humor. One day an angel appeared to Adam and said, I've got some great news for you. God is going to create something wonderful for you. Adam, intrigued, asked, he said, what is it? The angel said, it's not it, it's a she. God is going to make something called a woman for you. Adam, even more intrigued, said, tell me more. The angel said, this is going to be fantastic. This woman will be a lot like you physically, only much more beautiful. She will live to serve you at all times. When you are tired, she'll give you a massage. When you are hungry, she'll feed you. She'll come and bow down to you in the morning and when you return from working in the garden in the evening. She'll live to serve your every pleasure each day. And what's more, the angel continued, she will never argue with you or complain. She won't nag you or talk back to you either. For every command you give her, she'll simply reply, Yes, Master. She'll clean your house and tend to your every desire. Adam had a sparkle in his eye and said with excitement, Wow, that sounds amazing. I'd really like to have something like that. But what's it going to cost me? The angel said, It's going to cost you a right arm and leg. Adam thought about it for a while, and he said, what can I get for just a rib? (laughs) I knew the men would like that one, and I knew the women would not like that one. your Bible, if you will, over to the book of Genesis, over to the book of Genesis chapter 2. I only chose that joke because it actually deals with the message today. So Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25. When you get there, say amen. When the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone, I will make and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. 
And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I want to look at one particular verse, verse 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. And I just want to use as a subject overcoming loneliness, overcoming loneliness, overcoming loneliness. Past few weeks we've been looking in Genesis. We've been looking at the first family, so we studied a lot from the life of Cain talked about his attitude and we talked about anger and now we're kind of looking here at his parents and we learn here that God saw Adam and Adam had everything he had everything but yet he was lonely he was lonely and so God teaches us here something this principle that was realized here in the creation of the world from the very beginning that God knew he had a need before he had a need and God sought to meet that need even before Adam realized he had a need and so God saw the need and we learn from this that we are not made to live in isolation no man is an island unto himself we learn the value of having meaningful relationships with family, friends, community, etc. So we learn the value of having relationships. We are interdependent people. We need each other. I need you. You need me. At least I hope you need me. But it <laughs> we all need each other. We're all connected. We're all connected. What happens to one of us happens to all of us. We all are part of life. We all are part of mankind. We're all connected. We're all on earth together. We're all one big family. And so we're all connected. We're interdependent. We need each other. And so God teaches us here that life is meant to be enjoyed and shared and celebrated with each other. Relationships are the basis of life. Relationships are the basis of life. Communication is the basis of relationships. And so we are to live, to laugh, to love. We are to learn together. We need people in our lives to share the joys of life with. We need people to share the sorrows of life with. We need people. We need people to share life's experiences with. We need each other. In fact, in one of the epistles of Peter, he speaks concerning the marriage relationship and he says concerning the husband and the wife that you are heirs together of the grace of life. Meaning that together as husband and wife, you enjoy, you share, you celebrate the beauty of life. You live life together. You enjoy the grace of life. Your heirs together. You've received the grace 
of life, God's favor for life. You enjoy it together. So life is meant to be shared together, celebrated together, lived together. And so we have to learn how to get along with somebody in life. Everybody needs somebody to love. Everybody needs somebody to love. And we have to learn how to get along with somebody. You know, sometimes it's not easy. We have to learn relationship skills. We have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to compromise. We have to learn how to put others first, not having our own way all the time. We, we have to learn how to be selfless, not selfish, but selfless. These are things that you have to have if you want to thrive in relationship with other people. And so anytime you're living with someone else, it requires relationship skills. And we have to learn how to give grace to other people, give grace to them. We have to learn how to receive grace. And we have to learn how to, you know, forgive each other and pardon one another and overlook certain things. Have to be gracious with people. And so we enjoy life. Life is meant to be enjoyed together. When there are two people together, when you have someone to share life's experiences with, you enjoy it so much better. You can go so much further. They've even done studies of people who put their feet in a bucket of ice. And when they put their feet in the bucket of ice by themselves, they're able to keep their feet in for a certain period of time. But when they have a friend there with them, who also has their feet in a bucket of ice, they're able to go twice as long because they have somebody to share the experience with. You can go further. You can do more. You enjoy life better when you have somebody alongside with you. You know, they say that a friend is worth more than a fortune. A friend is worth more than a fortune. The true riches of life, you know, outside of God and the Holy Spirit and Christ Jesus our Lord and the Word and all of that, outside of our spiritual treasure, the true riches in life are meaningful relationships where you love someone and someone loves you and you can share life with someone and enjoy life's experiences together. That's the true riches in life is to be rich in relationship. No one on their deathbed ever says, bring me my trophies, let me look at them, or, you know, they're about to die. They don't say, bring me all my bank balances so I can see how much I have. Bring me pictures of my cars and my houses. And nobody says, I wish I had to work more hours. You know what they say? I need my family. I need those that are close to me. I wish I'd have spent more time enjoying those that mean something to me. It's meaningful relationships are the basis of life. And so life is enjoyed. It's meant to be shared and celebrated and lived with others. I'm so grateful. I am rich with relationship. I'm grateful to God to have a loving wife to enjoy life with, to travel with, to go to movies or to go to a ball game or to go to the mall. The other day my wife was going to the grocery store and I just jumped in the car and rode with her. Well, I did need a few items, too. So, you know. Figure she was going, I might as well. <laughs> but life is so much fun. We have someone to share it with. And so I'm grateful to have a life companion so we can share our hearts with each other. We can share our dreams with each other, share our goals with each other. We can encourage one another. When she's down, I can help lift her up. And when I'm down, she can help lift me up. 
we can serve one another and wait on one another and, and maintain that preciousness and that intimacy. And, and you know, so that's a joy. So that's a rich treasure. So you treasure your relationships. I'm grateful to have wonderful kids and wonderful relationships with my kids and to enjoy each of them and to adore each of them and to celebrate them and to have moments with each of them in their own special way. Um, and so those are rich treasures that we sometimes overlook. That's what really makes you rich in life, is quality of your relationships, to have meaningful relationships. And in your own minds, I'm sure you can picture your different people in your life, whether they're kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or cousins, but those meaningful relationships and quality relationships that really bring joy to life. Listen to this, Psalm 68, 6 says that God setteth the solitary in families. God setteth the solitary in families. Another translation says, God places the lonely in families. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about overcoming loneliness. So God understood that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. Everything God made, he said, it is good, except the fact that Adam was alone. He said, this is not good for this man to be by himself. And so God sets the lonely in family. So God will place you, if you don't have a natural biological family, God will place you in family. That's why church is important, because church becomes a family to those who have no family. Statistics say that people who attend church regularly live six years longer than those who don't. You want to know why that is? I believe it's because Number one, we put our faith in God, so our faith is strengthened, and so you have a trust and faith in God. But number two is the love that's shared among the members. It's the fellowship. It's the sharing of life. It's the hugs and the smiles and the well wishes and the prayers. It's me being interested in you and encouraging you. That's why the Bible says, exhort one another daily, encourage one another daily, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. We are to provoke one another unto love and good works. So when you come to church, it's my job to provoke you to love a little better. It's my job to provoke you to do a little better, to do good to encourage you and to lift you. And we do that for one another. So that's a responsibility we all have. So you encourage your sister and your brother when they come to church. So it's a place of encouragement. It's a place of support. And so this is why people live longer who go to church because they connect. And that connection becomes meaningful and it has physical effect. I believe also, of course, life is ministered church becomes a place of life so life I believe that as you hear the word the zoe life of God enters into your body and into your mind and into your spirit and it quickens you and enlivens you causes you to live longer because you're infected with life praise God isn't that good that makes you want to go to church doesn't it <laughs> well that's one of the benefits and I believe that's why I believe that's why people live longer who attend church regularly because of the friendships, because of the fellowship, because of the family that's formed. And so I've read books on the happiest people on earth. I've read books on 
the longest living people on earth. And one thing you'll find in common between both of those groups, the longest living on earth and the happiest on earth, you find the common thread. They all have strong social networks. They all have strong connected relationships, whether it's through clubs or associations or spiritual community or their local community or whatever, but they all have strong human relationship connections and it leads to happiness and it also leads to longer life, longer, more fulfilled, meaningful life. And this is why God said it was not good for Adam to be alone. God understood the power of relationship. He understood what relationships do to our lives. You know, I was, you know, from thinking about overcoming loneliness, I was thinking about all of us probably at some point in our lives experience loneliness. And even if we don't, I still think we all can do more to improve the quality of our relationships. So even if you aren't lonely, you can improve the quality of your relationships. And if you are lonely, and I think all of us have moments in life where we are lonely, and it could be for a variety of reasons. Some people are lonely because they've gone through a death. They've had the death of a spouse or sometimes through divorce, sometimes through becoming empty nesters, sometimes through being retired. You know, so there are a variety of life factors or reasons that can leave people feeling lonely. Sometimes you can be married and still feel lonely because you may feel like the intimacy is gone, the connection is gone, the caring is gone. So you could be married but yet lonely. And so that's why I said all of us, even if we aren't lonely, we can all improve the quality of our relationships. We can all better our relationships. That's what I'm dealing with in this series. And this is, I'm just laying a little foundational work today, but we're going to be dealing on this little series of overcoming loneliness because it was the only thing God saw in the garden that wasn't good. And it was the only thing he did something about. He created Eve because he wanted a relationship. He wanted Adam to have a fulfilling, meaningful relationship. Adam had everything. He had everything, but he had no one to enjoy it with. He had everything. Literally, the world was his. <laughs> the world was his. He could just walk through the garden, pick fruit, eat it. You know, the whole world was his. All the silver, gold laying around, that was his. Man, the Moonlight was his, you know, the rising of the sun, the setting of the sun, watching that sitting on the dock of the bay in the evening. Man, that was all his. That was all his. He had everything. He had all the pets. He had a full zoo. He named all of them. Everything. Man, he was king of the jungle. But yet he had no one to share it with. He had no one to share it with. No one to share it with. And so God is saying that to really get the most out of life, to really enjoy life. You need someone to share life experiences with. You need someone to celebrate life with. You need someone to have along the journey of life, all of the ups and downs of life, to have someone along. So everyone needs someone. Everyone needs someone to love. And so we'll be uncovering and kind of going through this. Here's something, here's something I wanted to read from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Listen to this, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 through 12 in the Message Bible. It said, it's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth, 
And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. So even Solomon, the wisest man on earth, he talks about the quality of relationships, the meaning of relationships, the importance of having meaningful relationships in life. We see through the scriptures, David, he had a close friendship and bond with Jonathan that helped David through a very tough time in his life, having a confidence having a counselor, having someone he could talk to to help him navigate this this particular tough time in his life. So we see friendships. We see Naomi when she lost her husband. Ruth lost her husband. Yet we see Ruth cleave to be with Naomi so Naomi would not be alone. And God honored Ruth because she decided to build relationships So that Naomi would not be alone in the world. And so relationships are honored. And there's some powerful things. Let me read this article. This is the article from Time Magazine. And after I read this, then I'll just stop for this week and we'll pick up next week and we'll continue the series. But this is an article from Time Magazine. It says, when someone sets out to improve their health, they usually take a familiar path. Starting a healthy diet, adopting a new workout regime getting better sleep, drinking more water. Each of these behaviors is important, of course, but they all focus on physical health. And a growing body of research suggests that social health is just as, if not more, important to overall well-being. Studies have shown that social support whether it comes from friends, family members, or a spouse, is strongly associated with better mental and physical health. A robust social life, these studies suggest, can lower stress levels, improve mood, encourage positive health behaviors, and discourage damaging ones, boost cardiovascular health, improve illness recovery rates, and aid virtually everything in between. Research has even shown that a social component can boost the effects of already healthy behaviors such as exercise. Social isolation, meanwhile, is linked to higher rates of chronic diseases and mental health conditions and may even catalyze cellular level changes that promote chronic inflammation and suppress immunity. The detrimental health effects of loneliness have been likened to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's a significant problem, especially since loneliness is emerging as a public health epidemic in the U.S., according to recent surveys. Almost half of Americans, including large numbers of the country's youngest and oldest adults, are lonely. A recent study conducted by health insurer Cigna and published in the American Journal of Health Promotion set out to determine what's driving those high rates of loneliness. Unsurprisingly, it found that social media, 
when used so much that it infringes on face-to-face quality time was tied to greater loneliness while having meaningful in-person interactions, reporting high levels of social support and being in a committed relationship were associated with less loneliness. This particular researcher says the report underscores the importance of carving out time for family and friends, especially since loneliness was inversely related to self-reported health and well-being. Reviving a dormant social life may be best and most easily done by finding partners for enjoyable activities like exercising, volunteering, or sharing a meal, he says. Real face-to-face time with people is important, and the activity part of it makes it fun and enjoyable and gives people an excuse to get together. Finally, this researcher stresses that even small social changes can have a large impact, striking up post-meeting conversations with coworkers or even engaging in micro-interactions with strangers can make your social life feel more rewarding. There's an opportunity to grow those kind of quick exchanges into conversations and into more meaningful friendships over time. People should take those opportunities wherever they possibly can because all of us innately are wired from birth to connect and because doing so may pay dividends for your health. And that's just one article I wanted to share. I have some other articles that I'm going to share in coming weeks, but uh, loneliness is an epidemic in America. People are lonely in all walks of life, and it's because, like I said, because of various ages, stages, or circumstances, we all can become lonely. And so there are some things that I'll share from God's Word, and I'll also share some practical things to help overcome loneliness. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Those of you watching by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this message in its entirety, absolutely free of charge. And you can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part one of the series titled Overcoming Loneliness by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7838. That's 7838 to listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7838 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.